Hello and welcome to Mount Rushmore. I'm Jeff and I'm joined as always by my good friends Larry and Michael. What? What? (laughs) You guys don't see Larry? Hello and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as always by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael, they like to fight. I like to put my hands between them and say, break it up, you wise guys. Come on. Um, let's fight like gentlemen on a podcast. And history was made in entertainment. <laughs> and this week we're discussing the um, Mount Rushmore of grandmas in pop culture. This was my uh, choice. And now that I think about it, I don't know why I chose it other than I love my grandma. That's sweet. And grandmothers in fiction and comedy and popular culture and life are always really colorful and they don't have the responsibilities necessarily of your parents. And they have a wisdom that goes way, way far beyond. And often their teeth fall out and they're senile and stuff like that. So, and since we think mothers are grand and this is a Mother's Day episode, we chose grandmothers mm-hmm. as our topic. Nailed it. So uh, I would like to choose as the person who is going to begin this, the person who is named Michael Winfield, because M and mother start with the same letter. Okay. So uh, my first pick is the grandmother from Little Red Riding Hood. Which Ooh, that's very iteration good. of all of the iterations like just, of it? Just that grandma. Just that grandma. Yeah, this, was, this, it, was, this was my fifth one. I took this off at the last minute, so this is a good choice. Are you uh, serious? Both of you chose this, like, this kind of the figure of that character? Well, I didn't choose. I was going to. Oh. And I realized how stupid it was. Okay. But, okay, don't give him any points for I was going to. Like, so when you're judging this later, okay. and Richard's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, do that. Oh, yeah, I, I, almost, I, I, almost, I almost chose this I don't know. Do you well, like so. it? Do you like it? <laughs> then I almost chose it. Yeah. Good job, Richard. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was thinking of grandmas for this, I was thinking, well, who is like, who is most representative of uh, someone who's very sweet and kind, even though she's just kind of old and sickly and lives in the woods and makes her <laughs> makes her granddaughter like yeah, hike we all the some, way through the woods. We have some things to discuss about about the grandmother. She in might this. be a little shady. Where's the mother? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, where's where's the mother? Yeah, where's anyone else in the family that they're making like a ten year old girl? Yep. Why is she living out in the woods all by herself? Well, mm-hmm. she has the plague. Oh, is that what it is, you think? Yeah. Oh, okay. So like, they're, they're I'm, letting I'm, sure, the... I'm sure in the original Grimm's fairy tales, or even the ones that predated that by a couple hundred years, uh, you know, they had to... The Black death. They probably had a number of children. Yeah. And right. they would send out one every few weeks mm-hmm. into, yeah, into through the forest because they couldn't keep grandma, who had the plague, Yeah, uh, in the town. So they kept her in a shack. And then, you know, she had to wear the, wear the red hat to hopefully... Ward, you know. ward off the plague? Yeah. yeah. I, Do, I have no idea. There, I, we live quite close to some condos, and yeah. there are a lot of grandmas who are just living living, loving life all by themselves. How many um, are there piles of bones outside there? <laughs> there is a very <laughs> prolific wolf in, the, in, this, oh, in this neighborhood who preys just on the condos. Um, well, the grandma, you know, in the story gets eventually... Uh, in some... It's, you know, you read a bunch of the different iterations of it, and some of them, the grandma gets eaten whole, mm-hmm. and eventually the woodsman comes by and kind of cuts... Extricates her from... Yeah, both her and the and Red Riding Hood out of, yeah. the, out of the guts of the wolf. Um, and some of them, she's just eaten up completely, and mm-hmm. some, she's just fine. She's, like, hiding in a closet or something. Yeah. You know, they've kind of made it nice for kind of children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're always, like, this. these... You know, grandma is always like this having trouble. Michael's full on crying. 
<laughs> Listen, I love having a moment. She's <laughs> no longer with us. Uh, I, think I love that he was saying that. When I was thinking about grandmothers for this podcast, <laughs> not just my general grandmother thinking. <laughs> when I was looking at gilfs.com. I lost my train of thought. Okay. What which grand when I think of Red Riding Hood as a fable or a story, I think of probably seeing a Disney iteration, maybe a fairy tale theater with Shelley Duvall version of it, probably a Warner Brothers hmm. version, maybe like a cracked fairy tales, fractured fairy tales, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle version. Or something that is Into the Woods, a Sondheim thing right. or something yeah. like that. Um sure. Yeah, I get it. Or the the song "Little Red Riding Hood" by uh, Sam yeah, the Sam the Sherman the Pharaohs. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I one time I had to uh, I was asked to put together a, a list a, a, a mix of songs for a bachelor party that was going to have uh, female entertainment in the room. Oh wow! And I put that on there, and the, the person's like, "What? <laughs> like, That's a sexy song, <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood." It's like. What about Ragdoll by Aerosmith? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> no, I don't have Ragdoll. I do have a Ragtime. <laughs> the Canadian Maple Leaf Rag. You okay with that? I so, don't know. For me, she was just like the most iconic version of yeah. a grandma that could be, that doesn't have to be. It could be anybody's grandma mm-hmm. that was just you, someone that you take care of, you, and that, that you know, Red Riding Hood and the family felt some affinity for. So yeah. Go and, Bring her wine and bread and mm-hmm. cake and whatever. Yeah. And well, I think of the sleigh ride song, Over the River and Through the Woods, to Grandmother's House we go. So Do you know that's a Thanksgiving song? Is it? Yeah. I, there are like zero Thanksgiving yeah. songs, and that's one of them. Huh. I would love... I was joking huh. the other day about like, uh, oh, yeah, we, I, we've been playing the Easter radio station since January 1st. You know, you just put on that Easter network right. and play Easter music all the way through. Uh, Mount Rushmore of songs about eggs. <laughs> Are there any? Uh, Egg Raid on Mojo by the Beastie Boys. Uh, oh, well, yeah. Well, um, I, albums. Yeah. I mean. Albums, you know, Welco, is there a Wilco album? It's like An Egg is Born or something an like that. An Egg is that. Born? Oh. I'm sorry, everybody. We just really, this thing is... <laughs> Off the rails. Falling apart. Okay, no, with clever editing and some more echo filtering. <laughs> okay, so uh, coming out with Grandma and now uh, Richard. So uh, my first one's a slightly different take. I'm going with Olivia Foxwith from Flowers in the Attic. I don't know. It. You don't know Flowers in the Attic? No, I think that was the book that kids had in junior high that they were reading. Yeah. No, you weren't reading in junior high yet. Not novels that girls would read. No. Huh. Okay. <laughs> what What is huh. the character? Um. Well, the, the, yeah. Well, the character is basically is a, a monster. Is oh, a of a of a grandmother who keeps her grandkids locked in a bedroom and oh, doesn't wow. let them leave. Oh wow! Okay. Um, you know the whole story is based. The whole story is set up by through a, a series of events. The mom winds up going to live with her family, but she doesn't want her estranged dad to know that she has kids. Oh, so then they wind up keeping the kids in the closet because he's dying. So they basically keep them like they keep them like in like a. A room. Oh wow! And the gr- grandmother is this like Christian monster mm-hmm. who believes that they're all sinners, and uh, beats them and cuts their hair short. And oh God! Is, is just literally a as bad as awful of a person as you could possibly uh-huh. imagine. Uh-huh. Um, and is also kind of upset because it turns out that they the kids are the product of incest. Oh, 
because of the their mom. It, it, one of the big reveals early in early in the the book is that the mom and the dad the dad had passed away, but they were like half. It, he was like her half uncle, I think, or something like okay. that. Okay, so it was like sort of incest. You know, not real incest, sort of, yeah. sort of incest. Yeah. So, happy Mother's Day, everyone. We've yeah. had, we have children's getting eaten by wolves, grandmothers getting eaten by wolves, and incest. So. Yeah. Well, but, that's creepy. Yeah, and 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 and, and um, she winds up trying to help her daughter um, to kill the kids by feeding them rat poison cookies. Wow. You know, not not just made, like just, was this made into a movie? It was made into a movie a couple of times. Oh wow. Then one in the eighties, and I think Lifetime did one like two, two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just, I to be fair, I I think I saw the movie once, probably the the first one in, from the eighties. I know so many of our friends, Michael, female friends, who yeah. went nuts. We're like counting down the days until the <laughs> until the new version of Flower of the Attic came out. Like like had parties to watch it. No, who um, you think they're trapped in the closet? <laughs> I'm R. Kelly. I'm always thinking of trapped in the closet. No, like uh, 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 Jen Lloyd and uh, huh, yeah, and uh, yeah. Valerie. I got a costume about that. Yeah, you really should. They don't listen to this podcast. No, hundred percent, they don't. <laughs> okay, Michael, what's your second? Okay, you know when I think of grandmas, I think of yeah, big black men dressed up as a grandma, sexy. So my pick is Larry Johnson as Grandma Mom oh, from wow. the Converse commercials from it. the 1990s. Very it. nice. Larry Johnson was uh, the number one overall pick selected by the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Boring sports. Sorry, Browntown. And um, he was approached as the number one overall pick by Converse saying, we want to do a commercial with you. And apparently the commercial they approached him with was, you're going to be laying on this slab. And there are going to be two people like working over you. And it's going to be like a Frankenstein's monster sort of thing. And the two people that they pull back to reveal are Magic Johnson mm-hmm. and Larry Bird. So Larry, And then they bicker over naming what they should name him because his name is Larry Johnson. Mm-hmm. And he comes up and he's like the perfect what a nightmare. This basketball is nightmare fuel. Uh. machine. You know, this perfect basketball player, this creation. Yeah. Uh, so of course he signed with them for like a you know million dollar shoe contract, and then they said uh, no we're gonna put you in a grandma wig and a dress, <laughs> and he was stuck doing uh, commercials yeah. as this character of Grandmama who was basically him in a bad wig in a bad dress, and he would just dunk all over fools <laughs> on these Converse commercials, and I love just the image of him. As this kind of wild, this wild basketball playing 21, 22 year old kid who was suddenly cross dressing <laughs> and and had this character that would kind of follow him for the rest of his career. Was this after Spike Lee had kind of brought in some humor to it? Do you think or? it was? So, it was, it was around, after that. It was yeah, probably slightly after that because I think like the Jordan commercials for Nike were probably. 89, 90. Mm-hmm. So it was right in that spike. Because when was Do the Right Thing? That was probably 91. So right in his heyday. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was just like this goofy character in a dress. I dressed up it. like a grandma. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. when it was, the, it was probably the first thing I thought of when you suggested this. Was it really? I was just like, Grandmama. Oh, I know what I'm going to do. Yeah, Grandmama. 
And no. it, it was like in that weird sort of like con, it was converse, right? Yeah. And they, they so they were trying to com- create something that was they had their version compete. of MJ. Yeah. Of like the, the Spike Lee kind mm-hmm. of MJ com- commercials. They had to compete with that. And then they had like a Little Penny. Little Penny and the Penny Hardaway commercials. Uh-huh. Voice, good, voiced by Chris Rock. Yeah, it was a good time for uh, shoe basketball commercials. shoe commercials. <laughs> yeah, it was did really. Re- did Reebok have any uh, good commercials? I'm trying to think. I'm, yeah. Well, well, they had the pumps. Did they have They Charles? had the Reebok pumps they had with Charles, uh, David Robinson. Did they have. Was the Charles Barkley ones? I'm not a role model. Was that Reebok? It might have been Nike, and it might have been him dunking on Godzilla. Because he had a big basketball game right. where, it was, where it was Charles Barkley versus Godzilla. God, the mm-hmm. commercials used to be so Remember good. Remember K-Swiss just had that guy yodeling the whole time? <laughs> yeah. That's good stuff. Remember LA Gear just had a guy in Los Angeles <laughs> yeah. with a lot of gear. Yeah. Remember Kepa just had a guy with two heads. <laughs> uh, Richard, your second. Looked it up. I can confirm it was a Nike commercial. Oh, good. With okay. Charles Barkley. Yeah. Not a Taco Bell commercial <laughs> with Lamar Odom. Okay, so my second one, I am going with Grandma Moses, oh, the folk okay. art painter. Oh, right on. Oh, cool. So, Grandma Moses. Was uh, she related to Moses? <laughs> Moses Malone. She was actually related <laughs> to the basketball player. His grandmother. Okay. Um, started, start, took up painting at the age of 76. Had kind of lived her life. Just kind of lived on a farm. And um, you know, had, I, I think had it like embroidered her whole life. And then she hits her mid-70s. And her arthritis starts acting up. And she can't really embroider and do yeah. that sort of stuff anymore. So someone suggested that she takes up painting and winds up becoming perhaps the most famous folk art mm-hmm. artist of the 20th century. Yeah, outside of maybe, I don't know, Norman, Rock, Nor- Norman Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And they were neighbors, by the way, which is interesting. Is that right? Hmm. Yeah. Starts paint, does these paintings. Um, so she's selling these paintings for like 3 to $5 each just, you know, to people in the, people in the, in the, uh, in the village where she lives. And one day, a uh, art collector, uh, Louis Caldor, shows up, and there are paintings that she had made that were just for sale in the local drugstore. He buys a bunch of them, takes them back to New York, comes back again, kind of encourages her, gets her work started, just gets her work in some uh, galleries in New York, and just sort of like blows up from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're great paintings. They are these very flat, almost they almost look like. Uh, uh, Peter the uh, Peter the Elder, Michael. You're an art major, so you might have a perspective on that. Well, she didn't which have is, much perspective, which is funny. She did not have much perspective. Thank you, nailed it, everybody. Art jokes, we got them. <laughs> so yeah, these paintings were very much the you know lack of perspective. Kind of everything looks like it's just flat on a piece of paper. But these, you know, a lot of a lot most of these were sort of kind of recreations of her time growing up. Hmm. On farms, um, a lot of you know, a lot of a lot of works were kind of people out in the fields or people out, you know, in the woods somewhere doing work, and winds up becoming a uh, no not, pictures of her being eaten by a wolf. No, she was never eaten by a wolf that I know. Let me see how she died. Yeah. Check and yeah. she did not die of being eaten by a wolf. Um, winds up becoming a not just a celebrity in the art world, but just in celebrity in general. Winds up you know goes on these. Talk shows in the 50s, winds up um, getting uh, awards from Harry S. Truman. Hmm. And when, when Truman gives you an award. Oh, yeah. Baby, you made it. Yeah. And winds up painting until uh, her death at uh, age 101. Wow. 
Yeah. So uh, how old was she when she started? 76. Man, like a 30... Yeah, I mean, that's... Like a 25-year-old... 25-year-long career is still pretty good. Yeah, especially when you start at 76 with no training. Yeah. And also, after a shorter period of time, her arthritic right hand started acting up, so she had to teach herself how to do it left-handed. She was better than us at stuff, so. is what I'm saying. <laughs> Wait, was she white? Uh, oh, well, there you oh, go. Oh, damn. Privileged, yes, privileged white lady. Getting it done. Do you mm-hmm. think the these characters are interesting because of the them being either the greatest generation or previous, perhaps like that. If we think of the rough hewn people who were so determined to um, uh, live life and get shit done, grandmas usually fall into that category, right? Yeah, I, I or, or I think one thing is interesting is how many how many of these are grandmas who are being impersonated by somebody who's not a grandma, whether they're a wolf or a basketball <laughs> right. player. Um, yeah, or or the the compelling evilness of grandmothers being the matriarch of this, uh, this hell family, <laughs> hellish, hellish incestual yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. hellhole family. Yeah. Okay, so we are at halftime. Thank you for listening this far. Uh, congrats to mothers out there, and uh, we ask you to come on, be a good grandma, be a good maternal force in the Mount Rushmore uh, growth. Give us a glass of milk and some cookies and tell us we're good kids. And give us, sneak us some allowance on the side there. Also, download, rate, and review our podcast on the iTunes. And please visit us out on Facebook and Twitter where you can join the conversation. Let us know the kind of subjects you'd like to see us tackle. Lend your maternal and grandmaternal uh, gui- guidance to us and let us know you, what you think. I would love to see the statistics of grandmas of grandmas listening to yeah. the show yeah we can get that I think I think we have that through uh, Libsyn yeah. Libsyn okay. can we can figure that out search okay. grandmas Michael well Jeff you mentioned kind of evil matriarchs oh yeah and uh, my next pick is Olena Tyrell from uh, House uh, Game of Thrones ah. she is the matriarch of the Tyrell family she's um, her husband had long since passed and her son is kind of in charge of things now, but he's kind of like this oaf. Uh-huh. He's just like this doofus <laughs> guy. But her, uh, her daughters or her, her son's daughter and her son's son, she very much cares for. She cares about, she's big on family. Mm-hmm. I think all the characters in game of Thrones are big on kind of protecting their family and making yeah. sure their family crest and their family house you know, mm-hmm. uh, survives. And uh, she, of all the characters on TV, uh, she's played by Diana Rigg in, in the oh, show. Oh, yeah. Uh, she reminds me of my grandma. Oh. Who she, <laughs> what? No, my grandma was the matriarch of our family. She uh. passed away about eight years ago. And she was very uh, sharp-tongued and very mm-hmm. quick-witted. And very good at like cutting you down with her words, <laughs> but she was also very caring. She yeah. also she also cared about you very deeply. But she she was one of those. Uh, uh, I think grandmas can get to a certain age where they just become truth tellers. Yeah, and the, it's no fucks given. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah, and this character very much reminds me of of my grandma Sonia, and um, in the series she's constantly plotting as they all are to kind of make sure that her house survives and she helps in the assassination of an evil, awful king. And she um, tries to get her 
basically to protect her granddaughter. She, you know, she sees how awful it is. she's supposed to be married to him and she gets him, gets her out of that situation as best as she could. Mm-hmm. And she does it over and over trying to kind of save uh, the lives of her grandchildren. Uh, it doesn't always work, but um, she always tries. And I, I, I just love the way that she's portrayed on the show more than anything. And she's, she's, I think it's, she's also so aware of the game and will talk freely and openly about it that it's kind of refreshing. The um, game of Thrones. Thrones. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just like the king making within yeah. the game and the, the backstabbing politics. and yeah. the politics. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I think she carries herself with like an air of uh, respect and people tend to give that to her that she's survived this long, yeah. basically. Yeah. In this world that kills you when you're three years mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Richard? All right. So my next one is, it's funny, when you uh, started saying a large black per- black man dressed as a, a woman. I, I thought you meant Medea. Oh, sure. And that's where I'm going with my Okay. One. So Tyler Perry's Medea. I've okay. never seen a single Tyler Perry movie. Let me check. Are, are you white? Yes. Okay. Then no. You've never well, seen we can that. talk about our, our good friend <laughs> Scott Jones, who I think is... He's actually seen one. A number of them. I feel like we could patch, should patch him in for a, uh, uh, the, white, the white person who has seen Do we a also, Tyler Perry movie. We movies. also have a friend, Ashley Love Smith, who kind of bemoaned oh, yeah. that she would always get asked about them like she was the representative <laughs> of, I, I believe uh, didn't Scott go with Ashley to go see the Medea movie that all sounds uh, entirely possible so the the Medea movies um, she's a very violent character as I can tell from the uh, they're, from, they're, from, they're from the commercials appears to be a lot of gunplay that she's involved with shooting yeah. guns in the air apparently she has a extensive um, criminal past including a robbery attempted murder you know that sort of stuff. You know the polit. We, I think we're almost we're not beyond discussing politics, but this podcast grew. This podcast had a lot of its initial development in in this last campaign. Right. I remember after I think that I think Boo might have been released, uh, obviously October of last year. But I remember things were so crazy. I remember all of a sudden Boo was the most comforting thing in the world, the Medea movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> like this seemed like the most normal thing. Just, just give there. us give us something that we're used to. Yeah, something every sanity three, that we're used to. Every three months, Tyler Perry's going to come out with some Medea movie yeah. tied to some holiday <laughs> or some other God knows what, and Medea's yeah. going to be up there saying hallelujah. Is Medea the, the le- l- l- most recent? What distinguishes Medea from a Martin Lawrence film where he's... In drag, or because um, I think because these mo- most of those, and I have seen a couple of them. The Tyler Perry movies are really, I mean, they're based off of plays. Yeah. A lot of times, it's these plays, and the movies tend to have a religious, religious plot, overtone yeah. or very like ham-fisted yeah. morality. Yeah, and so the Medea character is like the comic relief, uh-huh. who also sometimes is there to give like the the life lesson, yeah, sort of thing. Um, but I think that's the difference is that these movies are also meant, to, you know, to carry these like moral, uh, have these moral overtones. Mm-hmm. They're usually young people who are engaging in questionable um, relationships yeah. or, or being challenged by what life throws at them. And Medea is the voice of wisdom. Right. With a gun? With a gun. With a gun. Right. Okay. Um, it's amazing how like much this character has permeated like just pop culture. Like everyone, it's everyone knows the media character. Yeah. 
we all know the Medea character. And we're like, okay, I don't know that we've actually, you know, I think maybe I've seen most of one on cable one time because I was like, oh, let's see what it is. And it was, it was fine. It wasn't good, but it wasn't like. She started awful. out in another movie though. Like, what was what was her origins? Didn't she start out as just like a side character and then kind of took over the franchise? Yeah, probably something like that. I think it. She started off in whatever the, oh, the Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Okay, but yeah. it, but it started off. She was in a bunch of plays. Oh, that Tyler okay. Perry did before that. So it's not really the case. I mean, Medea was a big thing. Mm. There were Medea plays. Okay. Um, before the whole movie franchise started, um, I did find it interesting that apparently, yeah, Orlando Jones, the uh, yeah. Make Seven Up Yours guy, yeah, apparently uh, he uh, wrote something on Huffington Post. I think it was like last year. Said that he was going to be taking over playing Medea. That Tyler Perry had too many other commitments, so he was going to be taking over and had a picture of him. And it was an April Fool's prank, but mm. people got pissed. <laughs> like people were like legit upset at him, and like Tyler Perry apparently didn't think it was a a great joke. It's like, well, I'm not and I'm Medea's gonna die with me and no one else, and he shouldn't have done that. It's oh, like, he wasn't in it, on it. No, no, he oh, wasn't. That's... He wasn't in on it, and was oh, that is funny. Was kind of pissed off about it, and it's like. This, there's no character. That's a little bit precious, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, shouldn't you, it just you, be funny, and that's it. Yeah, you're, you're. Isn't Medea like James Bond, where they pass it on to a new <laughs> char- actor every ten years? Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Michael. Uh, my your final, last. My final pick is the grandma that got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> The poor lady <laughs> from the Elmo and Patsy song. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Speaking of holiday classics. Speaking speaking of, listen, I'm sorry, all you grandmas out there that are getting killed by <laughs> eaten by, by wolves. Santa Claus, <laughs> eaten by wolves, eaten by wolves. Uh, whether you got killed by a grandma in a Game of Thrones, yeah. throw throw grandmama from the train. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a second. That's uh, this song is came out in like 1979 and in the span of a couple of years became just kind of an instant uh, comedy yeah. classic Christmas song. <laughs> this was, I think, around the time the Curly Shuffle was also <laughs> a hit. I think. I, I, this was a song I remember thinking was also had an ascension that time when um, uh, the Hey Vern um, <laughs> movies were on. I was I was looking this up and I, I swear I thought it was one of like a, a Doctor Demento song, but it wasn't. Yeah. It just kind of it had oh. its own life in like San Francisco on the San Francisco oh, yeah. airwaves. Uh, oh sure, I think of San Francisco as a stronghold of <laughs> redneck novelty songs. <laughs> is it Ray Stevens from San Francisco? Or is he really yeah. <laughs> the, the streak? Uh, Who are Elmo and Patsy? Uh, Elmo Shropshire, aka Doctor Elmo, and his then wife Patsy. Oh, I don't know if the success of this song split them up, but they well, they soon after split after. up. Oh yeah, Maybe I don't they're... think she's even. I don't even remember her singing in the song, but I think no. that they recorded it together. Yeah, um, this song is just. It's one of those ridiculous Christmas songs that I I just love. I'm sure Richard, you you and your family make Christmas albums just about every year. Yeah. You must have included this on no. one of them. No, no, we didn't do a lot of the novelty ones. No, no, mm. so. Well. Like walking around in women's underwear. <laughs> what? 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 That was a that was a, that Christmas, a Christmas novelty Christmas. Christmas song. <laughs> huh. 
Uh, I, uh, I, I love this choice. Uh, <laughs> I also missed that one. I like this song because they really don't care about their grandma. No. They go right back to... Yeah. Like, as soon as grandma gets killed mm-hmm. by Santa Claus, yeah. uh, the next day they're dressed in black and back yeah. in there just celebrating Christmas again yeah. and drinking and... Yeah. Sorry, grandma. That's That's really dark and macabre it's almost the same world that little red riding hood comes from where people can be devoured by wolves and hunters have to chop you up to try to extract corpses from inside bodies and things of grim a very grim in multiple ways the world that's being depicted here okay uh, all right richard's got one more richard keep uh keep the hits coming please keep it light Let's um so my last one i'm surprised nobody picked this was granny from the beverly hillbillies Oh. A, a grandma Moses lookalike. Uh, in fact, uh, they named, oh, is that right? Yeah, they named the granny character. I think part of her name came from Grandma Moses. Grandma Moses. Wow. Yeah. Um, a a tough backwoods uh, true Confederate. Mm-hmm. Still, um, I believe I believe she was supposed to be, I guess, a daughter of the Confederacy. Okay. But definitely, definitely, still uh, was very set in her Southern ways, mm-hmm. and was also somebody who. Uh, um, was just the redneckiest of the rednecks. Yeah. Even amongst the Beverly Hillbillies, she was the hillbilliest. Sure. She was the one who least liked technology, you know, stuff like light indoor switches. plumbing and yeah. light switches and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Was the one who, you know, inst- didn't believe in fancy doctrine and thought that her, instead of anesthesia, she would just... Somebody need, had needed something. Just give them some white lightning. And I'll knock them out. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I know it's the entire premise of the show, but did they need to move to Beverly Hills? Couldn't they have just had someone manage their money from afar? Right. It, it, it seems like it's a. Uh, I mean, I, I some sort of tax dodge or something. It feels <laughs> a gre- like a greedy man and his lesbian assistant. Where, they were from Texas, right? Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. I'm trying to think of what the, the song because the song you, you yeah no, I was trying to run it through in my head da 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 da, da uh-huh. but I couldn't I couldn't get there fast enough but I wonder what the state taxes are in Tennessee because I guarantee they're higher in California this seems like a bad financial move from the yeah, from the get <laughs> and like uh, Jed Clampett was supposed to be like a financial whiz right was he supposed to be like really smart well he's kind of got his country smarts okay mm-hmm. you know so he's maybe not educated but he's certainly right. but he, but he knows what he knows where to you know. Which mattresses to put his money under. So exactly, yeah. And Granny was just like, the, it was actually the, not her, not his mother, his mother-in-law. And I, I can't remember if the, the mom had died before, eaten by a gator. I don't know what mm-hmm. what happened. but <laughs> ten, One of those Tennessee gators. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the name of their football team? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. The Tennessee Gators, I believe. One of, the, you know what, one of the Tennessee Titans. Had come down from the the heavens, the hills, and had and, uh, smote smote her, thus, thus smote her, and ru- smote her on the mountain top. <laughs> That's good stuff. And <laughs> and she's, I mean, basically, she's an old crony. That's her yeah. role in the movie, in, yeah. the, in the the TV series. Mm-hmm. Is she's the one writing on top of the uh, their stuff as they, you know pile into Beverly Hills like Tom Joad and his family, except yeah. she's on a rocking chair with her shotgun. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that's pretty much her defining trait is just being an old crank. Mm-hmm. She provides counter to the bombshell of a daughter, or, or is right. that a niece? Niece, to, I think. Yeah, to Jed, yeah. Um, what May? is this LA family? This is a bizarre family. Jethro. 
God, I love Jethro. He was always into the cool shit. Like he wanted to be a beatnik or a secret agent. Or a rocket rock star, <laughs> rock star or something. Or yeah. like p- pitched Major League Baseball. He had some cool shit that he was into. Right. Yeah. Wait, okay. So let's let's figure out this family tree real quickly. So okay. we'll start with the centerpiece is obviously Jed. Jed. And so Granny wasn't was his wife's mother. Is that right? Okay. Yes. And then so Ellie May was his niece. Yeah, let me look this up. I, uh, I, I will look this up. Keep going. Please, we'll go. Th- Richard's going to look through the Beverly Hillbillies wiki real quick. Okay. And In the then meantime, Jethro. Let's, let's discuss how this whole thing went No, wrong. no, take the, I, I was wrong. Ellie May was Jed's daughter. 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 Okay. okay. And then Jethro is the son of Jed's cousin. Okay. I mean, he, he lucked out. <laughs> More than any of them, he just kind of hitched a ride with these people, right? Not, 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 yeah, not blood or anything, okay. really. I mean, is but sort yeah. of like I don't even know what you would call that son, hmm. the son of somebody's cousin. Hmm. Um, all, when you, we haven't been discussing. We've been dis- discussing the character, not Irene Ryan, the performer, right? But she had an extremely long career, but like Grandma Moses, kind of came into her fullest um, flower towards the end of the, her career. Like she was nominated for a, a uh, Tony. Right. Yeah, she was and a very Pippen. yeah very uh, popular yeah. Broadway actress yeah. in her later years. Would she yeah. have been if if they had done the Golden Girls? Then would she have been on? She would have been like the golden one of the two one of the she, four Golden Girls. She would have been the, the yeah. grandma one. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, Estelle Getty. Which put, yeah. which one was she? Yeah, Estelle. Somebody Getty. help me out. Rose? No, Rose. No, no. Okay. Estelle Getty was the mom. Yeah, yeah. Who that's was a, that's younger than? She was actually younger than... Than B. Arthur. B. Arthur. She? <laughs> she just looked like crap. So, Jeff, yeah. question for you. This yeah. was your topic. What was... You, what that were seemed you? like a, an accusation, not a yeah. question. So, Jeff, this is your topic. What was I thinking? What was... Do you have, like, a suggestion or do you have, like, a thought? Do you have any thoughts? Yeah. In that big coconut of yours? That big old empty noggin. Like, who who would you have... Because, you know, so far we changed, we changed uh-huh. our... The way we kind of score this... Yeah, I think I would have thought of the what I was messaging Michael earlier today and I was thinking about how grandmas are viewed through all these different lenses and in multi multi generational comedies, um, they could be the knowledgeable matriarch where they can be the senile person, Um, how they've been portrayed in broad comedies by men in drag <laughs> I think that's funny I guess that's the reason why I chose it because all of all the different iterations not just one um but then i would say maybe somebody like a gra- granny from the beverly hillbillies was the archetypal granny grandma yeah. that i grew up with so um yeah so that that uh, i would say that the um the grandma although i think it's kind of a grandma character and maybe not even a grandmother that was in my mind was um the character um portrayed by Ruth Gordon in Harold and Mott, this kind of wise, older character who's gone her life being adventuresome and doesn't want to live with any kind of regrets and is at that place that some people get after either leaving a repressed life full of regrets or leaving a full life that's full of risk-taking. And so that was kind of my model for this, the um, Ruth Gordon, or that was a thought that I had in my mind of this kind of adventuresome type of character as you see in that film as she's portrayed somebody who is inviting the young people to go out and live life or cautioning them with her years of wisdom and um 
sending them uh, right, warning them against going down negative paths in their life. So that was a character that was kind of forward in my mind. Okay. Do, do welcome in Red Riding Hoods. Do not welcome in yeah. wolves that will wolves, gobble you. Wolves that gobble you. Okay, so this was really challenging because each of you did a really great job of picking diverse choices. Picking You each picked a, a, a person in drag, <laughs> a young person who was playing an older person, uh, who was playing a woman, who was playing a grandmother. And uh, you, Richard, you were able to, well, you both chose from literature in that you chose uh, Red Riding Hood and chose Flowers in the Attic. Um, what I think was really cool is that, uh, Richard, you chose a real person, and that was Grandma Moses the painter. So um, I'm going to do something a little bit unorthodox here, as I haven't done in a while, and I'm going all Richard this time around. So um, Richard's choices were Olivia Foxworth from Flowers in the Attic, were Grandma Moses from Life, were <laughs> Granny from Beverly Hillbillies, and were Medea from the... So I feel like you, you, Medea was kind of like a... Oh my God! It's kind of this is so seeped into pop culture right now as right. the grandma that uh, be hard not to um, choose that. But I gotta say, um, there's an honorable mention, an honorable mention to be given out, and that is to the um, the most I've laughed in a long time is when you said the grandma of a grandma got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> So Michael gets an extra point just for being um, the person who made me laugh so much pizza came out of my stomach. Yeah, this we, yeah, should probably clean that up. Yeah, I gotta clean it. It's on the microphone. This has been the Mount Rushmore podcast. I am usual as Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. Life is full of regrets.